When Shamrock Rovers got one back, tears came to my eyes. When we went two went up and I heard those thousands of Sligo people. I was proud and we went out and won. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. More drama here. Chilani. North. Elding. 3-2. They've been looking for Stenson's head away at the far post. And over it comes Elliot. Stenson. One more. It's brilliant. 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 comes quickly. This is episode 38 of the Bitter Red Supporters Trust podcast brought to you by the White Hag Brewing Company and with thanks to Barry Creek solicitors in Sligo in Dublin. So it's six defeats on the trot and the third league defeat in a row for the Bitter Red and the goals are few and far between. We'll look back on the loss in Daily Mount and what's gone wrong over the last month or so with particular focus on the game in Daily Mount Park. But Rovers can set things right on Saturday in the showgrounds against a rejuvenated Derry City under Rory Higgins and Rafael Cotaro. We look ahead to that game. Uh, and we have an exclusive interview with Sligo Rovers' new signing, Andre Wright. Uh, that's coming up later on. It's the usual crew uh, coming to you from uh, our own uh, homes uh, on the back of the rubbish sound last week. Um, we've uh, decided to go over Zoom this week and we've some new equipment ordered. So hopefully we'll be able to get together again uh, with better sound. So we have uh, Sean Dunn, we have Magoo, I'm Connor Lynch, and we have... Jerry O'Connor, and uh, I think we'll, we'll kick things off, Jerry, with some good news that the trust has uh, been working on over the last number of weeks in uh, in cooperation with our sponsors, the White Hag. Um, we're hoping to. We, I think we we spoke about this, and we we kind of uh, spitballed uh, the idea with uh, Bob Coggins from the White Hag a number of weeks ago on the pod. Um, but we're hoping to get a crew of Sligo Rover supporters out to the to the brewery in uh, next month. Isn't that right? Yeah, so um, what we what we're planning is uh, so we're going to get the train out to Ballymore, out to the the White Hag Brewery for the Ireland versus Azerbaijan game on September fourth. Uh, so the kickoff time is five o'clock, and it fits perfect with the with the train times. So it'll be uh, probably our first uh, virtual away day of the season, even though it's it's an Ireland game. So uh, I think it'll be unreal. Uh, like to be a tour of the brewery. Uh, you play a, pay a flat fee and basically you can sample all the beers and drink as much beer as you want and, and watch the footy. So yeah. I think it'll be deadly. It sounds like, yeah, it sounds like a great, um, it'll be a great afternoon. Um, it'll be, you know, it'll be uh, an absolute, you know, if, if it's been difficult watching uh, Slugger Rovers over the last number of weeks, we can go and watch <laughs> the Republic of Ireland play, but we will be able to do it in a brewery. Uh, and um, we're just we're just kind of crossing the T's and dotting the I's at the moment. Um, but the price that we're looking at, um, you know, it's not going to be expensive. Um, we're going to get out there at um, what time did we say we're going to get out there? At? We're going to get out I there around twenty past three. So we're out there for nearly over an hour and a half before the game even kicks off. And then likewise on the other end of the game, we'll have another hour and a half, uh, two hours. So yeah. I think we're back in Sligo around half eight on, yeah. on the main again. So. So yeah, so those of us who are traveling from from town, obviously the trains are going to work out really well. Uh, if you're coming from, um, you know, if you're coming from anywhere else in the country, but if you're coming from the east coast, you can then avail of the train also. You know, it'll get you in there. Yeah. Um, but I suppose you know that's the that's the 
the overall plan of what we're, we hope to do. We're going to have it finalized very shortly and um, we will be selling tickets uh, for the event. Obviously, the event is a fundraiser for the trust, um, just to, to point out the obvious. Uh, so all monies raised, well, not all monies, but the vast majority of monies raised are going to go to uh, the trust and i.e. to the club at some stage. But we'll have a couple of overheads that we have to cover. Um, but the more people involved, uh, the better. And I guess initially we're looking to get about 50 people out there, but we, I mean, hopefully we can expand that to a bigger number as well. But we'll finalise that all in due course. Yeah, I think there'll be a, a really, really big demand for it because like everybody's pining for an away day. Yeah. Um, and this is, you know, 15 minutes up the track yeah. on the train, few beers, football, back in town then. If you want to head out afterwards, it's a Saturday. It's like, it's something that we've all been pining for, what, almost two years. So uh, thanks to White Hag and like we've been working on this for a long, long time. And hopefully, look, it's what, what more do you want? Like, uh, you know, that's, it's what we all want. Yeah, only only the government and another lockdown can stop this happening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They've put the kibosh on it a few times now, but I think we're good to go yeah. at this stage. Yeah, okay. Uh, Don, are you looking forward to it? Yeah, I can't wait. Be a great day out. So be on our best behaviour. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, McGrew, it's, it's, uh, it's, yeah, we will have to be on our best behaviour. No, no, not too much messing now, but uh, it'll be a good day, won't it? Yeah, it'll be great. As, as Jerry says, in a way, they like it'll be like a, a local derby on the up road, only for we won't have to suffer watching us. So, <laughs> so it's, it's it's a win win, really, isn't it? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. We've a rovers, we've a rovers away day without the loss. <laughs> Just about to say it sounds weird here. Yeah. The word win, yeah, it's a win win. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, speaking of losses, oh god, hmm. uh, who wants to go first? We 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 we, uh, we spoke for about forty well about half an hour before we hit record here on we did we've we've talked the whole game through and here we are recording it and we've, we've nothing to say now at this stage. But, uh, who wants a great to... podcast? Good night, everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who who wants to go first? We we'll get your shout from the shout shortly, but uh, Donner, your your thoughts your thoughts on the Daily Mount disaster? Oh, no, was it a disaster? It was a disaster, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, it was. It was. Yeah, it's actually a great way of putting that, actually, isn't it? Daily Mount disaster. Um, yeah, it was it was really, really poor, Connor. It was disappointing from every aspect, really. Listen, I'll tell you where to start, right? And I think you said it, one of us said it on last week's podcast. It was a six-pointer because of because of where we they are and where we are, and we needed to put daylight. I don't know, I think it was you, Donner, or maybe it was McGrew who said it, that if we beat them, we, we went we kind of... Clear. And yeah. it was ne- you nearly knocked them out of contention. Yeah. So you did. But bringing it back down to four and really putting us back under that that intense pressure that's coming from both Bulls and Derry, it's just, it's made things very hard because it's hard to see where the rot starts or stops, should I say. But just, I expected so much more from them going into that game. I really, really did. And just an awful lot of players didn't turn up, just didn't look bothered. That's, that's what hurt the most. There's just so many players out there just didn't look too pushed about what was going on. But, like, there was some, like we were talking before we came on there, there was some good aspects as well in the first half. There was some really good passages of play in that, but, again, we don't take our chances. Yeah. And it's it's crucified us. But uh, Jerry, we, we didn't create enough chances, I would say. Yeah. Um, look, we didn't help ourselves in that regard. Anytime we got the ball up the pitch, you know, our centre-forward was offside. Uh, 
six offsides in the first half is just absolutely it's I've never heard anything like it from from one player. Um it's unacceptable, Jerry. Yeah, like you know, look, it's difficult to play through teams and it's difficult to get the ball up the, the far end of the pitch and, and when you do you need to protect the ball and you need to you know take it into you lay it off or whatever but that, you know I think like as I said the last year I used to coach uh, under under 12s and if I had a young fella that was playing under 12s and he was offside six times in the first half I'd take him off but I wouldn't take him off to out of badness I would take him off to explain the offside rule to him so that he understood and he, he learned from it but at this level of the game, to be outside that many times is just criminal. Uh, you know, Go on, Sean. I couldn't understand why a professional footballer of his experience, you know, he's playing up top his whole life, and how he couldn't work out that if you right, if you're not capable of playing on someone's shoulder like that, not all strikers are. That's fair enough, okay. But give yourself half a yard to play on the half turn, where you lose that half yard straight away, you gain it while the centre half is turning because he's quick. Like, how can he not work that out in his head to say, all right, just give myself a little bit of an advantage? Instead, he just hung back and just gambled on the linesman missing him. And just, that's not acceptable. That's not good. That's junior football stuff. Uh, Magoo, what effect does that have then on, on um, the players around? If you have a striker that's consistently offside, what effect does that have on the other players? Or what did you see happen in Daily Magic? Well, like, it, the obvious answer is that if players won't, won't want to join up, um, if you're if you're going to constantly outside any time the ball goes up, like lads are going to conserve their energy. Do you know why? Why would I be running thirty yards up to support when I'm going to have to turn around and, and sprint thirty yards back again to get back in position? So that's the obvious one. But like the ball, most of them balls were long balls anyway. So it it wasn't really like he had a, a fellas around him to. I, like I didn't mind that tactic at the start of the game. To be honest with you, hitting the long ball because. It probably took out Bo's press straight away early in the game. You know, give him something to think about, put the back a couple of years. So I didn't think we'd persist with it. We kind of, we kind of, you know, halfway through the first half, kind of started to come more into it with trying to play a bit of ball in the ground and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, but like, the thing I didn't understand was from the very start of the game, if we were going to play that tactic, why then we didn't get up to support Romeo more from midfield and from the, the the, the tree behind and get closer to him start trying to win the second ball like them lads have to come back off a European trip playing in 30 degrees uh, what when did they come back to Saturday was it they stayed overnight they came back to Friday so like the, the last thing they wanted was to be playing another game of football 48 hours later we should be straight into them from the start harshing them running the legs off them making them short in the first 10 minutes they should have been turned around thinking Jesus Christ not this again today but we didn't. We let them off. We hit long balls up. Nobody got to support. Romeo got caught outside every time, as Sean said, hoping the linesman would miss him. The linesman did miss him once. Mm. And Romeo made a ball of it. The one chance he had. And yeah. that was it. That was it for the whole first half. We had a few half chances, a couple of things across the box and stuff. But there wasn't enough. We looked very flat foot. Like as for the most important game of the season, we didn't look like we had any energy. We looked really flat. We looked like the ones that were after coming back from playing yeah. in Greece two days beforehand in 38 degrees. Not they, them. They've done everything that we wanted our side to do. Yeah. Yeah. They, they started in the first 10 minutes. They were really, really aggressive. Yeah. yeah. It's, they were on top of us. Like, And I mean aggressive in every sense of the world. They were pressing us, but they were also very hard in the tackles. And they let us know that we're there straight away. Yeah. Do, do we see a change in approach, though, from the... 
from the Harps game. I mean, we had spoken about last week that well, I had said that I'd like to see them play the kind of percentages a little bit more and go long, and they, they, they did do that. What do you think, Sean? Well, yeah, they did. That's the, that was the tactic we aimed for, but <laughs> like it, it worked. Only the striker let you down like a ton of bricks. You know, we were in behind. So we were. If you were the striker who was capable of playing that, that role and playing the outside trap, you, you probably would have scored three or four in the first half. You know? Someone who can take his chances as well. Like, when you get an opportunity like that and then you just pass it back to Talbot, like I'd say, Talbot couldn't believe his luck when he just seen that ball, ball trickle towards him. It wasn't good enough at any stage. But yes, the tactic did work. The plan was right. And there was, as we said, some good passages to play throughout the first half. But you get landed then in the second half, you go goal down and same old story. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's that's sorry. That's the biggest thing for me though. Is is like again that we look like from the start of the game we had no energy and stuff like that. But then when we go a goal down in any of the games, we don't look like we have any anything in us to get it back. Like when you're looking for lads to go to the well to up their performance, you know, start let's start opening it now, lads, for the next ten or twenty minutes. We need to get back into this game. There's never anything. Yeah, well, that's it. The, like the, certainly now the confidence is shot. I mean, that's and um, when the when Buckley got the goal the other day, like that was it. Like you know, we were we were ghosts at that stage. Like you know, because yeah, but it's been it's been that way. It's been that way since the break, though. Yeah. Like we we've won two games since since we came back after the break. Two out of eleven or twelve, is it? Like yeah. it's 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 not just this week, and it's not just since confidence and momentum. It's been that way since we came back. You know, confidence and bad luck and and all that will even itself out, but. You have to put in. You're not going to get it handed to you. Yeah. You have to put in the effort to get it. You want. You have to want it. Yeah. Listen, we we that, get, go that, on, Jerry. That that's what breaks my heart, though. And genuinely, it breaks my heart. Like I, I was absolutely heartbroken after the game against Bohemians because of, you know, the lack of intensity, the lack of fight, the lack of wanting to get back into the game. Like. Confidence, but roll your sleeves up and get stuck in. Do you know what I mean? Like you're representing our football club, and that's that level of apathy. It's just it's not on. Like, um, stop being. And I know it's going to fall on deaf ears. I know some of them don't give a fuck to be honest with you. Um, but you know that that just that's just bullshit. Like to be honest with you, you know, roll your sleeves up, fucking grow a pair of balls and get stuck in, like what Bo's done. Yeah. Yeah, it's that feeling sorry for yourself thing, Jerry. Like they look around as if, as if, oh, here we go again, and oh, it's gone against us again. As, like the bad luck thing. Oh, it's uh, the luck isn't with us, and the luck is like the thing about luck is good luck and bad luck. It'll run out. So if you're getting good luck the whole time, it'll run out. But your bad luck will run out too. But you have to make sure you're doing the right things to take advantage and be ready yeah. for it when it runs out. Like when, people, can, people complain about shams, all them jammy bastards after yeah. scoring at night six but minutes. They all, they all do it. One, yeah, if it happens once or twice, it's lucky. But yeah. if it happens the amount of times it does for them, it's not luck. It's good play. It's doing yeah. the right things, sticking to your game plan and doing the right things all of the time. And if you keep doing that, more often than not, you will get the right results if you have the, the right players. Wow. We have good enough players. We just don't have the heart. Yeah, yeah. Listen, we, we'll come back. We might have a look at um, individual players uh, in a little bit more focus um, because obviously we, we were missing some big players and we had some new signings uh, starting the game so we're going to take your shout from the shed end 
And uh, you can get your shouts in after the Derry game on our new WhatsApp number 085-815-9767. That's 085-815-9767. Or you can get them in podcast at borst.ie. Either way will do. Just record a short voice note, about 30 seconds will do. Uh, you can give us your thoughts on um, how you think we performed after the Derry game. Or you can get them in at any stage on any Sligo Rovers related topic um, that you want to get off your chest. Uh, if it's new signings whatever it might be so that number again 0858159767 and he's back our first uh, shout from the shed end is sean from america this is sean from america and that was another tough watch uh bows were there for the taking we should have extended the gap between us and them uh, we just we got no confidence right now especially going forward we're offering nothing uh, nobody seems to want to take on any players or put any pressure on them whatsoever uh, we're just lumping ball over the top of Romeo who can't stay on side and then when he does he can't believe that he's been not called offside uh, all, uh, up to this point this has been our best season in years um, but they're going to throw all that away with if they don't turn it around soon it, it's it's been a joy to watch up until about the last six, seven games, but it, they need to change something real quick, or we're going to go back to what we were before. It looked like we had turned the corner. Uh, hopefully, they can do it soon. Up the Rovers. Hiya, lads. Donald Kelly here with myself from the shed end. Massive setback, losing against Bowes again at the weekend. Another loss. That last doesn't define the season. It's how the players react to this setback. That's what will define them and their time at Sligo Rovers. That's what will define their season. And the ball is in their court. But all I'd ask of any of the players that's, that puts on that Sligo Rovers jersey is to fight until the bitter end. To not let any other team show more desire, show more aggression, show more passion and more want than, than what you have. And if that is the case, if you go out and you show that intensity and that desire, you won't be beaten. You won't be beaten and you've proven that to start the season. So go out there and fight. Go out there and fight for your jersey. Fight for the legacy of Sligo Rovers, for our club, our football club, our traditions, our values. Go out and fight for the people of Sligo, the people of the Northwest. That's all I'd ask of you. There's a wall there at the back of your dressing room. And on that wall, there's players, there's volunteers, there's people that have left a massive legacy to this club. There's nothing to stop on any one of ye putting your, getting your plaque putting that wall. But it's down to ye. Go out there and fight first. That's all we want is go out and fight. And we can't ask for any more than that. So that's your shout from the, from the shed end. As I said, 0858159767 is the number. Put it into your phone. And immediately after the Derry game, when you're frustrated and, you know, you're bubbling and boiling. Or half cut. Are half cut, yeah. You're, you know, you're outside <laughs> Mooney's. Uh, just get the phone out, and you know, give us a rant, and um, yeah. you know, we'll edit it as appropriate. Depending on <laughs> we like it raw, raw and emotional. That's the way. That's emotional. the way we want it. Yeah. yeah, get the number into your phone and oh eight five eight one five nine seven six seven. Get it off your chest. Do yourself, do yourself a fiver. Okay, um. So we were missing Bulger. So uh, what's the story with, with Greg Bulger? Is it uh, a knee? So he's walking around in a moon boot. Uh, it's a knee issue he's, he's got there, is it? 
Magoo, you're closest to all that kind of stuff. So, what do you, what do you so know? I, so I believe, so I believe, yeah, knee issue. But Dr. hopefully, Magoo. oh yeah, oh, I'm like Doctor Mick out of the Simpsons. But, uh, <laughs> he, um, hopefully, hopefully, um, only a couple of weeks. But that's only hearsay. I don't, I right. don't know. But it's I mean, a, it's a knee just, issue, isn't it? Yeah, I think he twisted his knee or something in training. Right. Okay. So he was out. Uh, Adam McDonald came in. Um, you know, I, I, I thought Adam offered something different. Um, I thought he was one of the players who was really, you know, who was doing his, his damnedest on the pitch. And um, I think he, he, he was in, a, in certainly in a more advanced position than maybe you might have seen Bulger had he been playing. And I only say that because, you know, that's not a, a dig at Greg Bulger. I think it's just confidence in the team over the last number of weeks or the last month or so. Um, he, you know, Bulger wasn't getting it forward as, as much as he probably wanted. or was bringing the team, pushed, bringing the team forward of the pitch. Um, but Adam McDonald went in fresh and I think he, he was trying to do that. Um, I don't know, lads, do you think that he, he uh, do you think he'd be a starter going forward? Jerry? Um, yeah, I think so. Um, as you said, Connor, there, look, he got us he got us about 20 or 30 yards higher up the pitch than what we have been. And maybe he wasn't carrying that baggage. Um, yeah, that's what I mean, exactly. You know, kind of way. Um, so that, that was, like, really refreshing to see. But I think as well that, um, you know, like we got him, I think he got two or three shots off, which our midfielders haven't been doing in the past. And that was a result of playing higher up the pitch. Yeah. The one thing that we need, look, we're not scoring goals, um, whether it be forwards or midfielders, and that's something that we really need to change. So I think he can bring that to us. Um, and just watching clips on, of him on YouTube from previous, he's got a serious strike on him and he, he seems to score goals from, from midfield. So I think it could be a good catalyst, even with, um, and even, even with Greg coming back in, I think he'll help take maybe some of the pressure off of Greg um, and maybe the two of them can get a little bit higher up the pitch and yeah. kind of hurt teams in the right areas rather than kind of collecting the ball from deeper or, or doing too much protection and too much work and I think it might give us a bit of a, a, a bit of a, a lease of life you know yeah Sean two left-footed uh, players in the middle of the park do you think the manager is likely to do that in Bulger and McDonald when when Bulger's fit I can't see why um, not yeah Bulger's right for it. Right for it, isn't it? Is he? Hmm. Oh, I'll edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> you idiot. Is he? Is he? Jesus. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Yeah, he All definitely right, okay. is. I wonder would he save me the edit and uh, just start playing with his left foot more. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, a proven point. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, on that, do you, what about McDonald and Bulger in the middle? Do you think that'll offer... Uh, more of an attacking onus from, uh, from like I think we spoke about it before we hit recording. We we think well, I think what Buckley, the manager, likes about uh, Morahan is that he keeps things moving. He's nice and tidy, um, and I, it, it would be a bit of a departure for for Liam Buckley to to drop Morahan, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think it'd be a huge part of his system gone. But I'm a big fan of Nile myself. Anyway, I think he's a fantastic footballer. I think he'd work for, um, much better, as you're saying, in a tree. More than you're saying. McDonald, Bulger, and Ha. More, uh, more than you're saying it would work better in a three. Yeah, no, I, I just think he'd be far more appreciated in a three. Um, 
Why is that? I just think if you had someone doing the defensive work like Greg and then maybe McDonald pushing a wee bit more further forward and then I think you have Nile just floating in between defensive duties and attacking and just link and play that little bit and I think you'd see it. He'd be far more appreciated. Well, what would be the, say if you're going with a three in, in the middle, Sean, like what would your formation be? How would you... Well, comment? basically, I'd be four, four obviously, and then you have three in the middle, but then your three up top would be your striker with two inside forwards, basically. Not out-and-out wingers, but kind of floating in between the spaces there. Yeah. So, and we have the players to do that. So you have, especially like we've seen there, Walter playing on the right, he's cutting in on his left foot. And then you have the freeze on the left, cutting in on his right foot. Just, uh, just they're just going off the balls game alone. Yeah. And then obviously you have Andre right there now. So he's the perfect striker for that. So I, I, think, think, that, I think Andre gives us that focal point up front to be able to play a few different systems. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? We can play, you can play Johnny up with him, big lads, hold it up, flick it on. You can play the full. Hold on. Four, two, three, one, the four. Hold on, let's, uh, let's take care of business uh, in Daily Mount before we get on to. Uh, obviously, we're going to speak to. Oh, we're still, uh, in, we're still in Daily Oh, we're still in. Oh, oh, we're not getting off that easy. Um, <laughs> oh, so, uh, are you had some issues with um, with the left side, really. Well, not for nothing throughout the game. I thought it was really poor. I was really surprised by it. I was an advocate for Regan coming back in at left back, but I thought he struggled. I thought he was poor now, to be fair. Uh, he was caught wrong side four times at least and giving away silly fouls, just causing causing trouble for ourselves. But then, un- really surprisingly, he never offered anything going forward and that's usually his biggest strength. Yeah. And he never linked up with Ryan at all. I thought Ryan really struggled throughout the game. It, genuinely, it, I'd say there were shouts for him to be taken off at half time because he looked like he was blowing. He looked like he really was suffering and he wasn't offering us anything, which really yeah. disappoints me because it doesn't take a genius to know I'm a big fan of him as well. But yeah. uh, no, that left side just let us down like a ton of bricks the other day. I just, it was really poor. And I think when the chips were down in Daniel Park and we were goal down and um, uh, Colin Horgan comes on the pitch, there's a noticeable, uh, he brings a noticeable attitude, a different attitude than... Um, you know what might otherwise be elsewhere on the pitch from a Sligo Rovers perspective he's you know I thought that Colin was kind of looking around the place saying like come on lads we need to we need to inject some serious urgency into into the situation here um, so I think that was commendable from 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 his uh, on his behalf I don't know if anybody else Jerry if you noticed that or, or Magoo if you noticed that yeah like he uh, he came on he stepped it up straight away he was on the front foot and as you said he brought a bit of attitude I think that's what we're lacking, um, is attitude. And for me, I think to get out of this slump, that's what we need. We need attitude. We need workers. We need lads that are going to give us 110%. Um, and I would, that's the, that's the type of guy I would have in. If I was the manager and I've lost six games on the bounce and, you know, look, football football is a fickle game. And, you know, if I'm trying to, I'm not saying name, name Buckley is in danger of getting the sack or anything like that. But in modern football, generally, when you lose six games and seven games, you usually do get the sack. I don't think that's going to happen. But what I'm saying is that they'd be the lads that I would be backing. They'd be the lads I'd be picking to get into the team rather than twinkle toes on the left or the right. Do you know what I mean? You want lads in there are going to put a shift in for you that you can trust. 
And I don't think you can trust all of them out there at the moment. But I think the likes of Horgan, you can. Go. Are you looking for the shift? No, I, I, I was. It's just like the hop, is it? Looking for the shift. Um, More chance yeah. of shift uh, than fucking getting <laughs> fuckers at times. Uh, Maxims. <laughs> um, the, yeah, I am. No, but like as Jerry says, look, the the only way we're going to get out of this, the only thing, it's not going to be us here talking shite that's going to get us out of it or people in the, the pub afterwards or down the town or in the pit. The only one that's going to, people are going to get us out of this is the players. Like that's, that's the only hope we have is the players. So we have to try and pick the lads who are going to put in the, the 100% for the whole game. Like we can't, there's no other way out of it. Like as we, we've said in this pod loads of times, there's no easy game. There is no easy game in this league. Like, look at Longford. Look at the Longford lads. They put in 100% every week. They get bet most weeks and they come back in, they come back next week and they put in 100% again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they make they make a game of every match they have. They bring, like, look, they've rushed Shams to injury time two weeks ago. So so why why can't we do that? Why can't our lads put, if our lads put in the same effort, they have way more quality. If yeah. they put in the same effort, we're going to start getting results again. And that's what we need. We need the same effort put in and then the results to start turning. But they're not going to start turning because you're feeling sorry for yourself, throwing your hands in the air or, you know, oh, well, it didn't go for us. Or that could, it's, the only thing that's going to get us back is work, 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 work. The only way you're going to get out of it is to work. That's the only way it's going to get out of it. Yeah. But that's but, a great but, point. You know, so that, that's a great point about Longford there. Well, you said, right? How many games did they won all season? I think it's like two or something, right? And one of them was the first game of the season and the other one was about three or four in. They haven't won in weeks. And they're, like, we talk about bad luck. Like, those lads are getting, conceding goals in the 96, 97 minutes. Uh, you know, and they're after giving every inch of blood and sweat and tears. And why, what's the difference? Why Why can't we do that? They've won one game, they've drawn eight. And in first, and, you know, their eight draws is what, is what yeah. you know, is... I feel sorry for them too. Because, like, the difference... i tell you one difference between Sligo and Longford is that Sligo have a huge fan base, right? And we come out and support the team even when we're doing shit, right? Longford are, say, giving blood, sweat and tears and they can't get anybody to go to the games. There's absolutely no appreciation there for their hard work. Now, if our lads were to put in that amount of level of hard work, and I know it's fucking falling deaf ears, but anyways, people would be... So proud, so happy, so dying to get to the games. We have buzz because that's what we want. We're football fans. That's what we want. We want them to go out there and put a shift in. We want them to go and give it everything that they have. And if, you know, after that, if we can play the fancy football, great. And if we can score goals, great. But that's basically what your average football fan wants is that those players go out and represent you and they give it everything. And we're not getting that at the moment. And long for the hour. And why, why, why is that? That has to be, that's a big question, isn't it? A lot of it, you'd, you'd wonder as well, would have to come down to professional pride. Yeah. Like, you know, as a professional footballer, especially playing in the League of Ireland, right? Your contracts are very short. So, you know, you're maybe one, two years max at a club. And if you're not putting a shift in every week, there's a good chance you, when you're out of contract, the club aren't going to pick you up again. So like, Really and truly, when you're playing in this league, you need to be at it all the time, earning contracts or earning a move away. 
whether it be across the water or whatever, like I can't understand how any player and bear in mind, it's not all the players at Rovers at the moment. So it's no, not, it's, it's, not. It's, a, it's a select few, but it doesn't take a genius to work out who they are, you know, but like how they can just saunter around the pitch and not give everything they have at this moment in time. Like they should be busting the gut to try and change this and they're not. And that's what hurts the most. Yeah. And the management have to just on the pride there as well. Like, you know, are we, uh, look, tactics are great and all that, but are we getting them up for the game? Are we fucking, you know, doing what we need to, to get the most out of them as well? Do you know that kind of way? Like, are we, are we pushing them hard enough? Are we mollycoddling them? Are we plumossing them? Are we driving them hard enough in training? Are we doing enough tactical work in training? Are we doing all those things that all come together and culminate in a package? So you have to look at that side of it too, too you know. <clears throat> Just on the pride thing that Sean was on about, like you would imagine too, in your own personal pride, when the supporters started coming back into the stadiums, that we would have seen a step up in level. Like, you know, you know, you're we've all played football, mm-hmm. you know, we've played only junior football, but you might play in a semi-final or a final of a thing, and next thing there's a bit of a crowd there. You know yourself, you want to play the crowds there, you want to have a good game, whatever it is. Just some of the fellas we have, like Jordan, Ryan, Walter, they're made to play football in front of people. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They're born to play football in front of people with the skills they have. And they've gone backwards. Yeah, they've gone into their shells since we started saying, like, and you just wonder, to me, is there more going on behind the scenes than just, it's bad luck, we're in a slump. Do you know what I mean? I, like, it can't, as I say, it's, it's been there since the break. Like, it, you can't be the team we were before the break, sitting top of the league, Think we were going to have right go go over after coming out of Tala with three points and playing the champions off the park in their own backyard to what we've seen the last couple of weeks. That to me, there has to be more to it than just bad luck and confidence and that kind of stuff. I like, I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's if there is something going on behind the scenes, if players aren't getting on with each other. If I'd wonder myself after the break, if we put in enough to get back up to the speed and level we were before the break in terms of fitness and sharpness. Like, not fitness. Like, obviously, they're all fit lads. Like, of course, they're fit lads. Even yeah. being able to go out and, and stay with the teams in the League of Ireland has to be fit. But the sharpness, to get the right sharpness. Like, we do not look. We don't have that sharpness. That's just gone. What we had at the start of the season is not there anymore. That sharpness, especially the top end of the pitch, the little passes, the sharpness in the brain, too, to see things quickly, round the corner, one-two, step-overs, whatever, little balls around behind defenders, this all comes from being on top of your game and being sharp, but we just don't look like we have it. Everything looks an effort. We look heavy-legged. We look like we were playing against a, a team that's supposed to be part-time the other day there who had just had a game a few days before, as I said already, in the sun and stuff. And they look way fitter than us and look much sharper than us and much, I don't know, the obviously units. more wants. Yeah, but not even that, though. Just, just the players individually, though. Every player individually looks just much sharper than ours and much fresher. Yeah. And what? And why? How is that? Like that is impossible. Yeah. Look at the, look at the ground. Just... Keith Buckley. Look at the ground. Keith Buckley covers in that game. It's phenomenal. He's, uh, he's at every end of the pitch, battling throughout. He's winning yeah. tackles all over the place. He's throwing his body into everything. He doesn't give up on nothing. Yeah. But there, you can see, you can see with Keith Buckley, and you know many of the other Bulls players that, you know, what they're doing means something to them. It re- at the moment, yeah. it really means something to them. They're buying into the project. Um, they're, 
you know, I mean, we all, we kind of laugh and snigger at, um, you know, all the carry on around bowls and how they kind of position themselves and market themselves. But when you look at that, you know, whatever it is, 16 or 17 players that are in that squad, they're all buying into it, like, you know, and it looks like if things continue as they are, that, you know, we're the ones that are going to suffer because of it, you know, uh, that's, that's where the challenge lies now for, for Liam Buckley and Sligo, and Sligo Rovers. Um, before we leave the, the game in Daily do we want to talk about, considering we're on uh, Keith Buckley, do we want to talk about the goal? Um, it was a header that was kind of punted back into bad defensive header that sees the ball uh, fall in front of our box. Um, not it's an awful was. dangerous area. Yeah, not. I mean, going back to uh, underage football stuff, Jerry. You know, when you see those ball, those goals conceded from there, you're saying, lads, if you're clearing a ball, get it out, put mm-hmm. it in, put it over the wall instead of putting the ball in there. Yeah. Um, you don't you don't head it back to where it came from. Yeah. Which is um, well, you know, that direction. But I don't think the ball should have come in in the first place, Connor. Um, I think um, Donlan kind of went over his ankle. Mm. Uh, just about half a minute before that. That's right, yeah. He tried to play on where he would have been better off just to go down and stay yeah. down. Being too honest, just sit down. Yeah, uh, and Bose more than likely Capitalized uh, might have put the ball out of play or the referee might have gone up or whatever the case may be, but like he wasn't in the way he was hobbling, he was never going to get to block the ball anyways. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, if it was me, I would have went down. Secondly, then the header from Buckley just fucking headed anywhere but there not that back down the middle you know that's the one place where you're always going to have a, a midfielder coming from when there's a cross going into the box so yeah, yeah. we also don't step out in them fast enough either we yeah. stand off he's got a little space there should be down his throat straight away well, Ni- Nile gets sold Nile is out straight away but he gets sold he shapes on his right and Nile buys it and he comes back onto his left yeah. and, but even before that say the cross even out there the boy out in the down the left hand side of the box spins Banks like he spins them awful easy. Like, like look, the boy's a good player, don't get me wrong. And I thought Banks was our best player, yeah, uh, on Sunday by by my like. But he, it's just it's not like him to get spun that easy. He's usually very on one on ones, he's usually way better than that. And and then it's just clipped into the box. And then now he's getting sold on the edge of the box, too. It's just very preventable, is what I'd say, you know. Look back to what you were saying, though, Magoo, it's sharpness. Sharpness, yeah, awareness. Yeah. Yeah. Um just to mention again, I know we do it in many of the games now, but um I thought I thought our keeper did quite well as well. He um he kept out that chance from from George George Kelly uh in the second half as well. Uh, like I think in fairness to McGinty, he's keeping up his end of the agreement uh, pretty well. And um uh, he's deadly. You know, he, he's he's Brilliant. he's keeping us in games and it's the guys ahead of them, I think, that's, that really need to be, you know, held to account, I suppose. Oh, we, still, we still have... Go on, Shane. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I think we still have the best defensive record in the league. Um, you know, and like, obviously, McGinty has a big part in that, like, but, you know, there's still, there's still that base there when we get Robbie yeah. back to, to take... And I, but I, I read a stat the other day, though, that's um you notice this expected goals yeah thing that they're yeah. all doing now so you know you know how that you know how that works that you have to have um you know it has to be a certain amount of good good chances so it's certain areas of the box that the ball has to be in for it to be a, an expected goal or whatever that we have the second lowest in the division i think only long for the lowest than us of expected goals per game 
and that just shows you how much how much we're creating in the box and you know even how many people were getting into the box and that kind of stuff it's just it's, it's not happening up the other end of the pitch um, I, I'm going to divert slightly because um, can I just say one thing before there just before sure, yeah. on that point so the next morning the Sunday morning I was watching uh, on Sky League, the goals from League 1 and League 2 in England right and it's just because that's the next bit of football that I was watching but if you watch any of the goals right that are scored the amount of players that are in the box that are attacking and that's why they're scoring goals whereas if you compare it to us yeah. Yeah. nobody in the box yeah. nobody in the field there's no strikers in there yeah, I mean, you I, could put you could put you could put five hundred balls across the box every game, but if there's no one in there, you're not going to yeah. get a goal from us. Like, like Talbot, Talbot. I don't know who it was. I can't remember who. Somebody pressed Talbot uh, the other day, and he had to play a square ball out to the, the fullback, uh, who was yeah. you know right out in the corner. And but once the ball got out to the fullback, they were sound. There was nobody no you know within shouting distance of him, and they could play it out no problem. But like that, that was a very that, that stood out to me. It was very obvious that there might, if if we were pressing, we were doing a one man press, and you know, I just compare that, Connor. What I was talking, what I was talking about earlier to that game up in up in Tala. Compare our pressing to the pressing we done up in Tala. Yeah, like we were we were at all we knew when to do it. Yeah, we we went, that 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 performance up in Tala was such a professional composed performance. Where's that all over, all over the pitch? Where is it gone? Like we were, there was times we didn't press. We knew when to sit in. We knew when to go into press. But when we did go into press, we were so aggressive at it. Bulger and Morahan at one stage were up near the corner flag pressing fullbacks. Yeah. Like we're really aggressive about it now. As you said the other day, it was yeah. let let these lads who've had they've had a tough week. Jesus lads, don't be don't be pressing them. You know what I mean? They've had an awful hard hard week. Yeah. Let's off. Let them play. You know what I mean? Fucking hell. Go on, Jerry. What were you gonna say? I said, oh, they're on the league proud. Don't be too hard on them. What about, our, we've we've lost a keeper who's gone on loan just since we were speaking about McGinty there. Um, good move, or um, should we be holding on to him? No, it's better for the last development. He needs to play games. I hope he, gets, he actually gets the game time this time, not like Harps. He played, he played, they played last night and he played the whole game. That's, yeah. yeah. So. Luke needs games. He was brilliant when he was here with us. And the few games he played, he was, looks really, really promising. So it's good that he gets a loan move and that he continues playing first. Yeah, and, and a loan move to where it looks like he will play as well instead. Yeah, of and that's a club as well that uh, bases their style of football on the, kind of the same way we want to play out from the back. A lot, you know, he get a lot of ball to feet and stuff like that. So it suits us as well. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And if McGinty keeps going the way he's going, we might need him next season. So yeah, it's exactly. good to get him. He'd be ready then. Yeah. Okay, well, listen, um, some good news in the form of um, of Andrew Wright, who recently signed um, for the club. I got a phone call from Jerry O'Connor yesterday saying um, um, he's been announced. And well, he, Jerry said, well, he hasn't been announced, but Fabrizio Romano has announced him. And I says, who the, who the hell is Fabrizio <laughs> Romano? And Jerry says, your man on Twitter. I, I, I don't know who he is, but uh, I'm sure many people who are listening um, we'll know who Fabrizio is. He's you know a couple of million followers, and um, you know he's a former Sky Sports Italia employee. He knows his stuff. He announces everything, I believe. Is that right? You know, if anything's announced, he's the if or if he announces something, it's 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 nailed on. Is that the way it is? Yeah. <laughs> What's that, Sean? Anything worth announcing, he announces. Yeah, yeah. Like on like Andre Wright. Like Andre Wright. <laughs> only de- he only deals with the big boys. Yeah. Yep. 
So uh, Andre Wright has uh, has joined us for uh, the remainder of the season at least, and um, uh, we have an exclusive interview. We were delighted um, that he he uh, took the time to speak to us, and uh, we're grateful for um, the club for uh, allowing him or giving him the opportunity to speak to the fans via the podcast. So I, I spoke to him earlier on, and the first question I asked him was how the move to the showgrounds came about. Um, I think it was just having previous conversations um, within the Gaffa over a very long period of time, time if I'm honest. <clears throat> and then um, just like looking at, um, just like gathering everything, the team, the, the position, just looking on the league and just him more or less just get, just getting me comfortable with coming back over. Cause again, I had, had a, had a rough um, six, six months. So, so it was just about, yeah, just feeling comfortable, just him to go again. Yeah. So, Sligo Rovers have been chasing you for a little while. Is that fair to say, or for a good while since you left? Is it fair to say since you left Bowles? Uh, um, um, I, um, I wouldn't say the word chasing, but we was in conversation. Okay. So I'll say that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, we'll talk a, a little bit about your your time at Bohemians, but yeah, you you left before we do. You, you just touched on it there. You've had a. It's. You've. I mean, you've said it in. And it's been printed in the national media anyway that you've had a frustrating time since you left Ireland. Um, you went to Scotland. It, it didn't work out there. What, what what happened there? What were the, you know, what was so challenging about that that period? Um, it was just due to injury. Um, as soon as I arrived, um, I picked up an injury within um, about two three weeks of being there, and um, that more or less didn't really settle for me. So I was, I didn't really get back to it and to anything close to full fitness and um the manager getting sacked and like again I, I didn't get back to full fitness and I was still struggling with the injury throughout, throughout my whole time there so I didn't have any one of games at all yeah so just frustrating in, in regards to, to injury because I haven't had um a career where I've had a lot of injuries so this was like the, the like the first major one to have an effect Okay, so just to say to people who are listening, um, you, so you'd signed with Air in the Scottish Championship, isn't that right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And um, what was the injury that you picked up? Um, I sprained my groin. Okay. Groin injury. So, um, so I suppose, I mean, obviously everybody's aware of um, your your time at Bohemians. You uh, made the team of the season, I suppose, at the, the end of last season. Um, what what was it that you were, I mean? We, as I said earlier, we, we thought you 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 looked you know I mean you looked like the best striker in the league at the time. Um, you were playing through the middle, obviously, um, in Dalyman Park. Uh, what was it at the Bohemians team? What was it with Bohemians um, that worked so well for you? What you know? How how can you fit it in so well there? Um, I think it was just the confidence in the manager more than anything. I think um, he gave me a run of games. He gave me the opportunity to play. He more or less just gave me the platform and just said, like, go out and show and show everyone what you're capable of without putting any real um, without putting any real pressure on me. So it was about um, having the freedom, I think, more than anything, because I think sometimes as players, um, even a little bit of restraint and then you almost play out, play out of character. So the freedom to go and express myself, I think, was the main thing. 
did you play in front of any crowds? Was it all? Was it? Did you play entirely through COVID when you were in Dublin? Um, I played through COVID and I played before COVID as well. So I played in front of crowds. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, you did. Uh, I saw you play uh, in the showgrounds. Obviously, you were playing with Bohemians at the time. Uh, in I think it was a one nil defeat. And um, oh yeah, played, you yeah. played. It was one nil that game, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was. Um, and. Uh, you played you played in that game obviously um so what led to what led to and that was yeah that was actually during covid so there was only 200 fans uh, allowed into the stadium or into the showgrounds but what led to you leaving uh, the league of ireland then uh, and, and moving to scotland um i just wanted to try um to try something different and have a different experience in my career um try and just progress as a player as um, you can imagine the leagues are different so it was just another way to learn and improve okay and um so uh you, you've signed with uh Sligo Rovers you said you've done your homework um uh, on the club uh, obviously you've had in-depth conversations with the manager um I, I wonder is there like obviously we, we had a great start to the season um we were playing yeah. really good football uh, we were racking up the points. We were joint top of the table at one stage. Uh, and we've come into a bit of a sticky period um, just as, you know, the European football came around. And, um, you know, I think as fans, we we see that we, we definitely have uh, a team that, you know, that's a, it's quite a strong team uh, when things are clicking. Uh, and we've got, you know, really talented players and we've got a good mix of experience. But obviously we've had six games now. Uh, we're struggling to score goals. Uh, we're struggling to uh, to win games or even draw games. Is is there additional pressure now on your shoulders as you come in uh, for the, the kind of final leg of the season? Do you feel that additional pressure? Um, are, are, you, are you happy to take the pressure? I, I, I would say... Um, you could say unfortunately or fortunately as a striker you've always got that pressure to score goals so regardless if the team's in a good um in um, in a good run of form or a bad run of form that um pressure it's almost it's almost there by default like as a striker that like you're there to score the goals no matter the situation the game no matter what it is you're there to score goals so I think that pressure is just everlasting so yeah, I'm up for it. I'm ready for it. And um, where can we expect to see you? Is it? I mean, do you want to play through the middle? Is that where we can expect to to see you when when um, when you're on the pitch? Um, yeah, um, I think that'll be um, the main position. But whatever the gaffer wants, I will be. I will be ready to do it, whether that's um, and 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 anywhere else up front either. And do, like so, do you have specific goals now for the remainder of the season, or has the manager spoken to you about? Uh, you know, I, I would I saw I'm, I'd imagine from the club's point of view, um, you know, you, finishing in the European position is probably the priority. Um, is that a conversation that you've had with the manager, or do you have specific goals that you want to achieve while while you're in the showgrounds for the remainder of the, se- the season? Um, it's not a direct conversation I've had with the manager, but um, I, uh, I think that. Um, the answer is more or less obvious, really. Um, you really are I think like yeah. we're in a we're in, we're in a good position now, and it's more or less in our hands to to stay where we are, if not move up another place. So I think it's just about us just taking it game by game and just trying to get back in form 
and I think it's obvious that and like I think the fans would want us to um, get that European position. I think that's just like a given. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you you know some of the uh, members of the first team in the showgrounds at the moment. Um, you know Jordan Gibson, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know Jordan Gibson. I've played I've played with him um, a few years back. Um, him um, him being from the Midlands as well. Yeah. So um, uh, so you're a, you're a product of the. I won't say you're a product. That's a horrible thing to say. But you've come through the you've come through the ranks at uh, at West Brom. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. And um, and where was it that you played with with Jordan? Um, um, Jordan had a short spell there, and then um, we moved on to other clubs. But just um, from being from the area, um, in 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 um, the football world, and you just get to know everyone. Yeah. So kids, yeah. So. Um, oh, before we finish up, I mean, what is it about what, what is it about the style of play that that's at, at, at Sligo Rovers that's kind of stood out here? What has has drawn you to um, to eventually sign with the club? And, and just as a second part to the question, I, I presume you had interest from other League of Ireland clubs, I, and I I'd imagine Bohemians would have wanted you back. I mean, without yeah. naming, I suppose you don't want to name the, the other clubs, but was there interest there from elsewhere? Um, yeah, there was a little bit, but. Um... I just think it's just um, having a relationship with a manager. Um, he called me, we spoke, um, he shared his interest. Um, um, he understood mine. Um, yeah, and yeah, it's just some of the relationship really that that we had had. Um, and um, obviously I spoke with um, Chris Tordek, who was yeah. um, there, there also at Sligo and um, he had good things to say. So um, um and like again, it was another challenge. Like going to a different team in the same league, trying to achieve something with them. It was something that like wouldn't be easy to turn down. Yeah. Okay. Uh, very very finally. Um, so we know that you're here until uh, the end of the season. Um, after that, is I mean, are you trying to get back to the UK? Uh, is there scope for you to remain? Everything going to plan, or all things going well? Is there? Would you be interested in staying longer? Um, I would. I would be interested in staying, but like again, my my whole thing was just just getting back and just like playing some football. Like yeah. literally, I don't. I haven't even um, thought past um, the, the next three weeks. I just want to just yeah. play some games if I'm being honest. Just get out there and start playing. Okay. So that's what my focus is at. And uh, you are you're ready to rock? Are you the the groin strain or the 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 injuries behind you? Yeah, yeah, that's all good. That's all good. I'm ready to go. Great stuff. Listen, Andre, uh, really appreciate your time. Uh, thanks yeah, really for joining us. Um, no worries. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to get in touch with the fans and everything. It's a pleasure. Yeah. And um, we look forward to uh, we look forward to watching you. Uh, hopefully, more of us will get to see you in the flesh uh, in the showgrounds over the coming weeks. Uh, yeah. We hope that more people get in there, and um, we uh, we hope to see a couple What's of. It? A couple of Andre Wright goals uh, between now between now and October uh, there thereabouts. Andre, thanks a million. Cheers, thank you. So that was Andre Wright, our latest signing, the big hope. Um, Jerry, what do you expect to see? What do you hope Andre will bring to the team? Obviously, we want to see a few goals, but I think you're looking for not just the goals. Yeah. No, um, look, I suppose the first thing that everybody talks about is that we need a goal scorer, and we do need a goal scorer. But 
what I would like to see from Andre is just to be that focal point up front um, that he's going to join up the play for us, uh, hold the ball up, protect us, bring midfielders into play and that, you know, when the ball goes up, the, the midfielders know they're going to get the ball back or something's going to happen. Um, I just think that he is definitely that missing link that can join all the dots for us. Um, and if he gets goals for us, then brilliant. But I think it's an opportunity for the midfielders to start chipping in now. I think we'll see a spread of goals throughout the team if, if it works. Yeah, OK. Um, uh, Magoo, just explain what sort of player uh, is Andre Wright for maybe some of our fans who might be abroad who are only kind of checking in or watching the Sligo Rovers games and they might have just seen Andre a couple of times uh, playing for Bulls. Uh, what sort of player is he? Is he um, out, an out-and-out number nine? Uh, well, he, he he does. It's called goals. Like he he got. I don't know how many goals he got for balls last year, but he, he did get a good few. He was in double figures, I think. So he got thirteen goals. Of, right. He got thirteen goals. Yeah. So he 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 knows where the net is. Like like he got he, sixteen goals out of thirty-five appearances. I beg your pardon. There you go. He's one and two nearly. So yeah. um, he knows where the net is. But he's he's as Jerry said, he brings more than that. Like his hold-up play is is brilliant. He's he's really strong as an ox. He's 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 very good. Great touch on him. First touch brings it into him very close, very hard to get the ball off. Um, and then he can link the play and he can get into the box. And that's look, that's what we need, players, as we've just been speaking about, the people getting into the box. You know, he linked the play, get it out wide, and then we need to just get it crossed into the box and we need to get people up to support him, as Jerry says, um, get in and around him. And because he won't lose, he'll he'll if you get good ball into him, if we get good ball into him from midfield, hopefully the likes of McDonald will do that playing through the lines, quick ball through the lines into his feet and then start playing off him. Runners off him. Like you can't, it's very hard to mark runners, third man runners and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. Very hard to mark. And that's that's what we need to be doing. And yeah. so hopefully he, we, we can bring it together. And as I was saying earlier, he, he gives us now the option to, to be able to play maybe a couple of different systems as well. Because he would be that focal point. Like he's going to be guaranteed to be starting up there, top of the pitch. He's there. And we can... You know, you have your defence, you'd have Greg. Greg will definitely be there. And then we can kind of maybe play around with a few systems in around it. 4-3-2-1, 4-3-3, all this. So, you know, we can hopefully... Could bring it back to a two up top as well with himself and Johnny. I think that could be phenomenal. Yeah. 100%. Johnny, Johnny playing on his, his you know, if you're if you're getting the flick-ons. Because he's, he's, he's a big man. Like, he's well able to win. I remember seeing him here in the Shoguns last year, like, and he bullied us last year in the yeah. Shoguns. He gave a clinic on how to be a number nine last yeah, year. he was brilliant. Yeah, he was brilliant. But he's technically a very good footballer. Mm-hmm. You know, he is technically a very good footballer as well. Like, it's not just all grit and hoof and, you know what I mean, he'll get his chest on it. Oh, no, it? he's very good. He, he'll find a pass as well. Like, he is technically a very good footballer. But I will, yeah, he bring people to play. I just hope that we are open to uh, different ways of playing now as well, um, because he definitely gives us that option. So that's- I will listen, Jerry. I think I think that like from a tactical point of view, as we discussed um, before, we heard from Andrew. I think we are we are open to playing. Yeah, we, we have started to make changes to our approach to the games, but it's the it's the application of the players maybe that's missing. Yeah, and- oh, there's nothing wrong with plan. Go on, sorry, Shane. No, go on, Jerry. Sorry. Uh, no, I just I, I I forgot what I was going to say there. No, actually, sorry. Quiet. <laughs> I I was just going to say that there's nothing there's nothing wrong with having a plan A and sticking to your plan A, but you have to execute it properly. That's all I was going to say. You can't. Yeah. You know, like we're all getting back to it. it. Has to be 
putting the work in and willing to do the work and doing what you have to do to execute the game plan properly. Yeah. Like, so plan, plan A is fine if you can. Yeah. But I think he'll help us execute plan A even if we stay with plan A. Um, I think the biggest problem with plan A was where the ball was, was going up and was coming back as quick. Uh, midfielders weren't making runs from midfield because there was kind of an element of lack of trust. Um, so hopefully Andre will bring that and give confidence to the midfielders to get forward, to get balls into the box and just kind of be braver, lads. Yeah. yeah. I think I think in recent weeks, though, it's been we've been stuck in between a plan A and a plan B. We haven't really been doing either, if you know what I mean. Like at, at the weekend, like I saw, like even like the freeze dropping into our half just beyond the, the center circle, trying to hit long balls over the top to Romeo. So that's not the freeze's game. Like, no. you know what I mean? The freeze is the freeze. You want to freeze 20, 30 yards from goal, yeah. hold balls off, going around fellas, nicking in little balls here and there. Like, so we're, we're kind of caught in between now. Do we stick with our plan A? Do we do? You're either going to do one or the other. Like, if you're going to do the plan B, then the likes of the freeze is in demand for you. Or Walter, you know what I mean? You can't have them in the team. You have to have different fellas in the team. Yeah. We need to decide. But I think, as you said, Jerry, that, that hopefully hopefully, Andre will will give us that solid base. Like, we know, you know what you're going to get from him. So if he's playing up there, lads, get the ball into him. That's yeah. going to be job number one. Get him the ball and then play off him. Yeah. Um. Okay. Um. Yeah, I mean, hopefully, here's hoping that... Um, he does inject uh, a little bit of uh, a little bit. I mean, I think just before we finish up on Andre, uh, Sean, are you would, are you hoping to see changes in formation as well and structure of the team as you had said earlier on, as you were kind of alluding to with three in the middle? Is that is that what you you'd hope to see? No, not necessarily. Just saying it could work. That's all. Um, look, if the tactic we play at the moment just all it needed was a, another striker to come in or something. And it starts paying off, we start finishing chances, then it's perfect, it works, happy days. But it's, you know, you toy around, toy around with the idea of changing tactics. I would, the biggest tactics change I would have thought would have been two wing backs with three center halves playing that way, five in the middle. That's that's what I thought naturally we would have went to as a second choice tactic this season with and two that, up that, top and 10. Buckley played that system at Pat Sydney, and that, that, yeah. that was his first choice uh system, I thought. Um, and I think we have look. To be honest with you, we've actually a really decent squad now to, to do various different things. So, like, even to play three at the back and two wing-backs, like, you've got McCourt coming back in. You've got Banks on the other side. Then you've got left-sided, you've got a right-sided uh, centre defender, you've got another one, and then you've got a left-sided uh, centre defender. So they're all there for you if you want to play. perfect. Now. Um, I think uh, even... I was, doing, whatever. I was doing a job in there in pre-season. I was just doing a job in the showgrounds and they were training. So I just said, go over and have a wee look. And I think I actually said it to you in the WhatsApp or that, that that's how they were in the training game. That's how they were lining out. It was with two wing backs. They were playing the, the three at the back, five through midfield, whichever way you want to look at it, and two up top. But obviously nothing ever came from it throughout the season. Maybe Buckley just didn't feel it worked for us for whatever reason. But you know what, though? Maybe why he didn't think it was right. I think now Andre Wright would be the closest thing he's had to Christy Fagan. Since he's yeah. been here at the showgrounds, yeah. So a man who can do that to hold up the ball, bring people into play, but also get into the box and score goals. Like Copeland used to do it, but Copeland used to be too far down the pitch. Yeah, like he was never 
You know, like Coughlin was good for us. Don't get me wrong. I, I like Coughlin with his hair. I thought he was good footballer and everything. But he wasn't that natural. He, he didn't want to get into the box. He, that it, it wasn't his natural instinct really to bust his the balls get into the box. Like, but Christy Fagan was a great goal scorer. But he brought that other side of the game as well. You need your number nine to be a killer on top of a ball player as well. Yeah. yeah. There's, but there's a great opportunity there now, as we said, to play three five two, um, and naturally, then you know, with two up top, you're naturally going to have you're doubling your numbers are you'd like to think are going to be in the box without adding even in the midfielders. So, you know, I would love to see us go that route. Um, and I know the re- part of the reason why we are as high up the table as we are is because we play with a solid back four. Yeah. But that's, and the reason why we're not winning games probably is because that's been broken up. But, you know, look, I don't know. Maybe, I, I definitely think there's an opportunity to go that way. But even like you look at the game so far this season, especially the ones we've lost recently in the league, like we, we're not conceding loads of goals. No. So we're not like, and not by right, but there is good chances to win all these games. Like even against Bowes there, we're not amazing, but we have Romeo's chance in the first half and then you have Cauley's chance in the second half. You know, you take those two chances and you might get out the door 2-1 winners. Yeah. And even in Waterford, we should have taken away the three points as well. There's yeah. opportunities there for us. We we have a solid foundation. It's just it's just not happening at the right end of the pitch for us. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Listen, we'll we'll um, we'll look ahead to um, to Saturday's game in the showgrounds um, against Derry City, seven forty five kickoff. Uh, I'm just thinking back to um, the last time we played them in the showgrounds, and it was I mean that's when Rory Higgins and Raf. Uh, kind of take it up a new position. I don't know if that was their first game. Yeah, it was their first it was game. The first game, yeah. And um, we drew that one all. I think there was a, the Shane Blaney OG that saw us um, end up drawing the game with a couple of minutes to go. Like going back, is, is that when kind of things began to, is that when our little kind of rut and shakiness and confidence kind of began? Was back to that, Can we put it back to that kind of time? I don't think, I don't think it was an OG. It was another penalty. Uh, yeah, no, we're getting you get confused. The OG, the OG was up in the Brandywell, wasn't it? Oh, yes, it was the Brandywell. Sorry, yeah, 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 yeah. It was a penalty. Yes, yeah, it was a penalty. Patching actually scored. The, was it Patching? Was yeah. that his last? Was that his last game? No, I think it was actually. Yeah, yeah it was. That yeah, would have been just before the break, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. he was. He was. Um, he uh, scored a penalty to one one nil. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was so, our first win. Oh, of the sorry, we're, sorry, we were beaten in the showgrounds, isn't that right? Yeah, one nil. Beaten one um, nil in the showgrounds. His first game. Yeah, that's right. I think yeah. he was only in the job a couple of days. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, does that it, come? Come? It, that was around that period when, you know, we started to hit the, the wobbles, I suppose, isn't it? Because it's going back a good bit. Um, but if you look at Derry's record, I think they've, you know, they had um, did some mixed results, but they've put I think six wins together, including a cup win against uh, Drogheda. But they're they're definitely in form now, and they'll be they'll be champing at the bit uh, come Saturday in the showground. Sean, what the? Was every right to be there on a great run of form? I think they've only lost one of their last four games, four or five games, or something like that. Um, and like that, have built a solid base as well. I think Higgins is doing a very good job with them. They're they're not conceding many goals, if any at all. I think just the Shams game is it? Shams and Pats is games. Yeah, yeah, Shams beat them four two. Yeah, and Pats beat them in the game before that. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, no, he's, they're a very good side at the moment. They're a great run of form. I think Akintunde is meant to be playing out of his skin at the moment as well for them. So that's a real threat up top. So it's one we, it's another threat we have to deal with now as well at the weekend. But 
look, <laughs> this stage, we're just, the last few games have been like this. It's just must win. We, just, we have to win it. We just have to find a way of winning this game. Derry will be delighted that they're playing us. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And there'll be no changes. I mean, it'll be the same. Uh, Liam Buckley will have to be working with, off the same squad that he's had for the last number of weeks. You know, the new signing won't be there. Um, and I'd imagine, I'm only guessing though, but I'd imagine um, Greg Bulger won't be available either. So, uh, you know, I mean, with that in mind, are we going to look, will it be the same kind of setup, similar setup to that of Dalyman Park? Hard to know, isn't it? Um, we kind of guess the, the team that we think is going to be picked every week. We 99 times out of 100 get it, get it wrong. But I think, to be honest with you, we've, regardless of what team we pick, I think we have a lot more quality than what Derry have. Yeah. Um, and I think if we want to win the game, if we, you know, if we really go for it, I think we'll win the game because we have more quality. Mm-hmm. I think it's just going to be a matter of who wants to win the game the most. So you're saying you're you're not concerned about how the team is set up. You're looking for the attitude that they bring. Yeah, absolutely. Because as I say, we have more quality than them. And I think it'll come down to attitude at the end of the day. Um, who wants to win the game the most? Um, and at the moment, Derry have their tails up. They've got confidence. They're, that breeds kind of, you know, that winning mentality. And you want to win more when you're in a bit of a tailspin. It's hard to get out of it. But again, it just comes back down to attitude. Um that's really it. Look, you, you know, I, I think the back, maybe Donald might go out and Horgan you'd like to see coming in because of his attitude the last day. The other, th- the other three and the goalkeeper are not going to change. Midfield, as you said, Bulger's going to be out. McDonald's going to come in. Morin will probably stay the same. Uh, out in the wings, I think you'd have to see change there. Um who you bring in, I'm not sure, maybe the likes of Mark Byrne, I think Mark will always give you a shift, he's an honest lad, that's what we're looking for at the moment, um, and then I'd like to see J.K. start up for again, another honest lad will get, give you a shift and he'll make the Derry defence work, um, but look, we'll see what happens, I would have thought, look, to be honest with you, how Kenny didn't start, look, I can see why, I can see Liam's thinking the last day by playing Romeo, uh, because of his physicality and you know maybe playing on on the shoulder and all that now it didn't work but i was still surprised that johnny kenny didn't start considering he scored a hat-trick the previous game against both but yeah. i think he definitely deserves to start this game i think he he, he hasn't had a start now in a while i think he deserves a start to be honest uh just to bring that level of honesty and, and intensity agree what are you looking for same as Jerry, honestly and intensity. Yeah, that's 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 if if everybody gives hundred percent and leaves it all on the pitch and we lose, we can't really ask much more. No. But as Jerry says, we 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 you look around and we have we have the better players. So if everybody gives hundred percent, then surely we should be getting something out of the game, barring some bit of bad luck. And then you just hold your hands up and say, Well, there's not much more we could do, but uh, But I'm sure it's I'm sure it's absolutely quality content. But we can't hear it. Breaking up. You need to tell the young one to get off Snapchat. <laughs> you never can hear us. 
He's frozen. Oh, there he is. You're back. Sean, Sean let's go to you. <laughs> let's go to you. Uh, we're really we're we're at the stage now where we we can't afford, in relation to Europe, any more losses. Yeah, that's scary thought, but yeah, it's true. Um, yeah, especially against Derry. Look, they, I know we have two games in hand on them, isn't it? But we do, yeah. Also, it's worth noting, I think, as well, that uh, because of uh, Sham's activity, they're due to play. They were due to play bowls this uh, weekend as well, so there'll be no game for bowls or Shams for what it's worth. But um, maybe from a psychological point of view, we might have, it's an opportunity for us to. You know, put a bit of space between us and Bulls again. Yeah, well, look, you could you have the possibility of opening it back up to a seven point gap, and look, that it always looks good on paper. So it does, but uh, you have to get there. You have to get them three points first. My biggest concern at the moment is we just don't look like scoring goals. Yeah, it's 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 very worrying at the moment. It really is. It's um, like it's easy to say we're creating chances, but we're not creating that many chances. With like with like in the Bulls game, it's it's two decent chances is all we create. Yeah, that's that's not good enough when you're competing at that end of the table. It's not good enough at any end of the table, really, I suppose. But Derry aren't going to give us much. They're they're an honest honest side. Higgins has them. He's them switched on. They're fighting for him. They're they've bought into everything he says. They're one hundred percent committed. So I'm not too sure what way it's going to go. And I'm. I don't see us winning. Really? Yeah. No, I, I don't see us beating Derry. Yeah. Interesting as well. I'm just looking at the fixtures the following week on Friday, September 3rd, uh, Bowles are playing Derry. So there's, um, you know, there's a lot of potentials in around, uh, you know, a lot of things can happen in around those two fixtures, us playing Derry and them playing Derry um, in the space a week. Jerry, can you, are you hopeful of victory or... Only hopeful and maybe not anticipating a victory. Um, ah, look, I'm always hopeful. Um, but uh, whether I'm convinced is another thing. Um, I, I can't see us winning either, to be honest with you. It's going to depend on attitude, to be honest. Like, they're an awful average team. But like, as Sean said, they're, they're bought into what Higgins is, is, Higgins is doing there. Like... There's no player, probably Akintoni is probably the only player you take from and say, Yeah, I like him. Yeah, but we're much, much better. But it depends what team is put out, it depends what team turns up. Um, I suppose, uh, to be confirmed, you know, uh, we need look to be honest with you, it's taken us what eight years to get into Europe, eight years of unbelievably, uh, oh, Jerry, don't no, unbelievable hard work, right? From the fans, everybody fucking committee, whatever, the whole shebang, right? And we got there, we blew it. Now we've an unbelievable chance to get back into Europe again. Look, we need to do it in order to push the football club on. Yeah, there's no, no, no doubt about it. You know, it's, it's just, it's, it's, as I said earlier on, it's heartbreaking. Um, um, Magoo, just before we finish up, uh, Rory Higgins, Rafa Gattaro will be telling their lads in the changing room at, uh, at half seven on Saturday night, you get one goal, lads, you're yeah. away on a hack against these boys. Yeah, 100%. You'd be saying the same yourself, wouldn't you? If you were looking at our recent results and and not only the fact that we're um, 
not scoring goals lately. I don't know, is it two in the last six or seven games? But the fact that our heads seem to go down straight away when we could see the goal. So that'll be uppermost in their minds. Get get ahead and these fellas will be there for the taking. They're not, they don't have the belly for the fight when they go all goal down. Um, from our point of view, that's as Jerry was saying earlier, that's why you have to pick the lads who will have the belly for the fight. Do you know what I mean? Johnny Kenny up top. Um, I nearly I nearly give I nearly give Shamey Kyo a, a, a go at number 10. And you know, maybe even stick Mark on the left and and put Jordan on the right, but just get lads in who are going to have a bit of enthusiasm, a bit of work rate, a bit of heart, a bit of endeavor, a bit of desire to want to win the game. That's you know, like first and foremost, you have to want to win it. Okay, it's not just going to be handed to you. So put in the work rate. And who knows? The lad said it's 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 not a given now at this stage, but you know, if we can do the right things, hopefully we'll have the, the bit of quality to pull it out of the bag. Okay. Like that just just what we never mentioned too, sorry about the Bulls game that when Johnny came on, he came on on the left. Yeah. Which was another another strange decision I thought because like Johnny's a centre forward. He's just a centre like he's he'll he'll do a shift for you wherever you put him. Yeah. But he's you need him up top. That's where he wants to be. That's where he'll he'll like he will score goals. The lad will score goals if he gets the chances. It's a given. Yeah. Okay. Listen, um just to remind people to get their golden goals from uh, Gary in the Dublin Supporters Club. You can get them on Twitter. Uh, and just bear them in mind, your five euro will get you three tickets, uh, three golden gold tickets, and uh, it's a good cause to sponsor, or a good cause to, uh, to that goes towards the, the, the club as well. Um, okay, so uh, thanks again to our sponsors, uh, the White Hag and to Barry Creed, listeners, Dublin and Sligo, or Sligo and Dublin even. Uh, thanks to, uh, Sean Dunn's really falling asleep with us here. Thanks a million, Sean. Thanks for joining us. Get, get yourself in the bed. Get yourself in the bed, working hard. Uh, Jerry, thank you. Cheers, Connor. Thanks a million. And Shane McGuma Goldrick, uh, thank you. Cheers, boys. Uh, Shane, your 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 whole tone since you started talking about Derry game has just gone way down. Yeah. So here here's to a bright future. Apprehension. Uh, apprehension. Here's the turn of the corner. You know, yeah. one of the times. No, boy, stop saying that. Every time you says that, it's <laughs> lost. Yeah. It's not turning the corner. Just. Play the fucking game and do something. Will you? <laughs> Hello, good luck. Thank you. Thanks for thanks for listening and um, uh, subscribe and uh, give us a rating on uh, give us a rating on uh, wherever you get your, your podcast. Jerry, before we go, yeah, and all trains lead to Ballymore on September fourth. Bring it on. That's that's a wrap. Good luck. Yeah.